Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're going to get to our guest for today, but first, let's take a minute and hear from some of our podcast sponsors. We want to thank Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. Go to their website at violetdefense.com for more information. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products, or if you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Once again, go to violetdefense.com for more information. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive's video boards are fantastic, and you've heard me say that we've got one in our gym. You really need to check them out. You know, it's becoming harder and harder to fund an athletic department these days, but Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year also creating excitement in the gym and the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action and find out exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com you won't be disappointed. We also want to thank Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Wall of Fame by Vital Signs has a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They provide a variety of interactive touchscreen options along with an extensive library of templates to make it easier than ever to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. For ideas on how to showcase your school's diverse history, along with your proudest moments, visit vitalsignswalloffame.com or to learn more and get started with your own digital Wall of Fame tribute, call them at 614-981-3589 or you can email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to thank Huddle at Huddle, we power sports. More than 180,000 teams, including some of the best in the world, are using Huddle to elevate the performance of their teams and their athletes using video and analytics. Huddle's the complete performance platform. They've got online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus. We've got a Huddle Focus camera in our gymnasium and our volleyball and basketball coaches just love it. Of course, there's analytics and a whole lot more. Huddle's built for every level of play, starting with the club and the youth levels, all the way up through high school, college, and even the professional ranks are using Huddle to help their teams play better. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes, a lot of their parents, and of course, the coaches of the college and university teams that you're trying to get your kids recruited to. You want to learn more about Huddle and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to huddle.com, talk to their pros. Remember, Huddle, we power sports. 
We also want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for their sponsorship of the Athletic Director's Toolbox segment of our podcast. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect some really cool, comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your athletic program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also gives you access to the 95% of the players and the parents who really love your program, and it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials, and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466, or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. We also want to thank our good friends at Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can learn more at hometownticketing.com. Hometown Ticketing, quick, simple, and easy online ticketing. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're going all the way back to my home state today, the great state of Oregon, and we're going to be visiting with Shelly Moore. Shelly is the athletic director at Newport High School on the beautiful Oregon coast, and uh, we're going to hear how things are going out in the great Northwest. Shelly. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Hi. Yes. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're going to jump right into it. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and how your path has led you to uh, Newport, Oregon. Yeah, I'm always excited to talk about that because my path is not the traditional path of uh, most educators. So um, some people find it encouraging. Some people find it confusing. But anyway, um, I grew up in Beaverton, Oregon, um, and I uh, have a kind of a funny, so I wasn't able to really be a part of an organized team until seventh grade. That was the earliest that that was available. So I'm 54. So that kind of puts it all into, into timeline. So this was like the eh, late seventies, early eighties, right in there. And so my first sport that I played was volleyball and it was my best friend's mother dragged me to the registration and the signup. And I didn't want to go. And I said, I don't think so. I don't think I'll be good. Um, and which is, you know, at, at volleyball, which is quite funny because I'm fairly tall. Um, and then I'll tell you about the rest of my plan, which also kind of puts it into perspective. So that was my first taste of athletics. I ran some open like track meets for little kids when I was quite young, but really my first team sport was in seventh grade as volleyball player. Um, I went to high school at Beaverton High School, Bill Beeves, and um, there I played uh, volleyball, basketball, and ran track. And um, that was a really, really great experience. I didn't stay with basketball because I started playing club volleyball, but I stayed with track all the way through and had a really great time with that. Out of high school, I got recruited to play volleyball at Portland State University, which was my dream school, my dream volleyball school. They had won the national championship the year before. So my senior year of high school, um, we came in. Uh, so I came in as a freshman, um, was really lucky, not lucky for the other person uh, that played the position ahead of me. She got injured and I became a starter as, as a middle blocker. Um, 
my freshman year, which was a real eye-opening experience. It was only about, you know, and school was only about nine miles from home. Um, and we ended up winning the national championship that year, my freshman year and my senior year. So we won two national titles. Like I, it still just blows me away that I can say that I was, you know, a small part of that. Very good. Um, I was an all region player, uh, three out of the four years I was there. And I was a first team all American my senior year. Uh, back then, so this would have been 1988, there was an indoor league for women, and I was a first team draft pick to go play for the New York Liberties. Um, I was also engaged to my husband, who I'm currently married to now, and so, and I had two terms of school left, so it just, and they were, and this is kind of what it was back then, like, you can come and play professional volleyball, and we'll get you another part-time job, and I mean, it was like, what? <laughs> I don't, yeah, and so I opted to stay home and finish school well, complete my scholarship, we'll just say, and uh, then, and then got married. So that was my athletic career. Um, then, you know, kind of, uh, I hadn't finished college. I had about 20 credits left to go. We got married, we started a family, and then it became just agonizing to leave our baby with at daycare. And so I decided to start a preschool and childcare business at home. And then the other accountability piece happens when you have a child and you expect them to go to college and I hadn't finished college myself. And so through that process, I was kind of simultaneously coaching high school volleyball here at Newport High School and a mother and running a preschool. And then I decided to go back and finish my bachelor's degree. So what would have been 20 credits ended up being two years later and 60 credits to get to, to graduate. So my degree is actually from Oregon State University because they had a fully online program that I could do from home. So I was kind of navigating all that pieces. So that, that's kind of where my path is a little messier than some. So anyway, my dream in college, it was to be an All-American and a national champion. And I did those things. And then I wanted to be Mrs. Moore. And then it was like, well, we really expect our kids to graduate. I think I need to model that for them. So did that. And then I decided through that process that I really loved educating. I loved educating kids and adults and just that whole process of it and how it tied and aligned to coaching and athletics. And so I went back and got my master's of arts and teaching at Oregon state also. So I commuted for one weekend a month for two years and finished that over there. So at the same time I was uh, doing some JV coaching and then doing, moved into some high school coaching there. So that's my, um, my path as far as my education and my career. I then got a teaching job at a small charter school where I was a first grade teacher and the athletic director there for 10 years. Really tiny little 1A school out in east or east of here. Through that process, I then decided to get my administrative license and I was hired at Taft High School in Lincoln City as the athletic director there. There are three A schools with four classification or six classifications. So they're three A. So I was there for three years as an assistant principal athletic director then I moved, to, was given an opportunity to apply for the elementary position, principal position. So I was an elementary principal position or principal for four years and then uh, decided it was time to return back to athletics um, here at Newport High, which is our, the biggest school in our county. We're not a big school globally, but we are the biggest here. And my children went here. My husband grew up here and went to school here. I had coached here. So it was when the opportunity was available, it was like kind of like coming home. So I've been here. This is my first year back here at Newport High School as the athletic director. That's me. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you sharing. Again, you mentioned that it's not necessarily a traditional path, but boy, you've really um, accomplished quite a bit. You know, the teacher, the coach, you know, principal, et cetera. And now, as you said, back to being an athletic director, 
Um, talk a little bit about that, you know, coming back to a school where you coached at, and now all of a sudden, you know, you're the AD, you know, yeah. how, how was that? I think the, the, the best thing, I mean, it, you know, the quick snapshot is that I've worked with the widest array of age development, right? So I've worked with babies clear up to kids that have graduated from high school. I've coached club volleyball for a really big club. I've coached kids that have gone on to division one. I've coached kids that haven't gone anywhere and just finished, you know, and I've coached little kids and, and educated them too. And those adults. So then when I came back here to Newport high, like the credibility was really, I was a known commodity. We've had a lot of change here in our County and in our schools here in this area of the County. And so it was, it felt really peaceful, not only to me, but to those around me because I was a proven commodity, not that I'm perfect, but they, I'm an, they know how I function and they know what my expectations are and they know what I'm about. I'm, I'm a real cultural leader, a real transformational leader. And when they see the trust was just already there, which I hold really dearly as well. Um, it's also interesting. My husband works here. So it's the first time we have worked in the same building together ever. I've been married 32 years. So that is, uh, incredible and really has also pushed me to make sure to think about my work differently, to think about like the ripple um, in a different way, not just as it impacts him, of course, he's going to be a high priority for me, but it makes me more aware of the ripple to kids and athletes and coaches and teachers. The first time I was an athletic director, I didn't have as much of a grasp around the educational component, not just for coaches, but for families and for athletes too. And I feel really lucky that I know where kids, I know what our kids have had coming into Newport High, right? I've worked with elementary kids. I've worked with little kids and middle school kids. And I know what's coming at them as a former college athlete, a mother of, you know, we had two kids that were also college athletes. I, you know, I know what's happening, you know, whether they, whether they just go to college or they do compete. So the trust was there. I think I know both ends of what's coming in and what's going out. So it's been really nice, a nice transition. And I think I'm a helpful tool for our school. Oh, no, I, I'm sure you are. And again, you, you touch on a very key point is those different perspectives that you bring to the job. Uh, I remember having conversations, you know, with parents, you know, whether it was about college or, or maybe their kid had, uh, yeah. you know, made a misstep, but, you know, I, I could tell them, you know, Hey, I, I've been in your mm -hmm. kid's shoes before I've been a, a college athlete. I've been a college coach. I know what they're looking for. I've been a parent. I've had to sit in your seat. Uh, yeah. um, so, you know, the, those different experiences that you have, they're just so valuable. Very cool stuff. Thank you. Well, for our listeners, we're visiting with Shelly Moore. She's the athletic director at Newport High School in Newport, Oregon. And uh, we're going to be back for some more, but let's take a quick break and hear from one of our sponsors. We want to thank Huddle for their sponsorship of the podcast. At Huddle, we power sports. More than 180,000 teams, including some of the best in the world, are using Huddle to elevate the performance of their teams and their athletes with video and analytics. Huddle's the complete performance platform. They have online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus. We've got a Huddle Focus in our gym and our volleyball and basketball coaches just love it. Of course, there's analytics and a whole lot more. Huddle's built for every level of play. We have teams at the club and the youth level that use it. Of course, there's high schools and colleges and even the professional teams are using Huddle to help them get better. You're in pretty good company 
with over 6 million users, including your student athletes, a lot of their parents, and of course, the college and university coaches that you're trying to get your kids recruited to. If you want to find out more about Huddle and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to Huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, Huddle, we power sports. Hey, we're back with our interview with Shelly Moore from Newport High School, Newport, Oregon. Again, for our listeners, we're recording this on November 15th, so it'll be pretty timely when you get a chance to listen to it. Shelly, we always like to ask our guests to share uh, about the mentors that they've had in their life. You know, leadership and, and mentorship is just such an important part of our profession. So uh, who are some of the people that helped you along the way, uh, helped you get to uh, where you're at right now at Newport? Well, first of all, I would mention my dear friend's mother that dragged me to a volleyball tryouts in the seventh grade when uh, her name was Ann Predstel. And when Ann passed away, um, I, uh, you know, I mentioned that she saved me probably the equivalent of, you know, how many thousands of dollars it resulted in a scholarship later for the sport that I didn't think that I was going to enjoy or be successful at. And the rest was kind of history. And um, but she, you know, she was an important person. I had, I had a lot of people like that, a lot of village people uh, around me, parents, you know, aunts and uncles of, of friends of mine that really showed determination and grit and a sense of family. Um, and uh, I would say along those lines, my husband is definitely one of my very top mentors um, uh, as far as because not just the fact of what he brings and the grit and determination and just how to love family fiercely, but uh, you know, his, his athletic experience, he was uh, an all-American athlete in college too. That's where we met. Um, and so um, we have, you know, built a really nice life here and, you know, largely because of the mentorship that he, he brings, you know, when you are married to someone who's an administrator um, especially when you work in the same industry, you are a sounding board for a lot of things and it's a heavy load. So I would say for sure, my husband, Mark, and um, I had a club coach that um, when I was in high school, Jim Kirby, and he's coached a lot of club volleyball and he saw something in me. I was, a, I was one of those kids that you would call raw. I jumped really, really high and loved the game a lot. And that was about it. And the rest really was him putting me in the right spots and not giving up on me and to beg him to let me try out for his team because nobody knew who I was. So, um, and, and he said, you know, that's fine. And then through my life, he has been there to mentor and, and guide and, and just believe, you know, um, and I would say um, my college teammates, so I have a lot of college teammates that, um, you know, some are still in the athletic arena, some are not, um, but um, they have really been strong mentors for me also, as far as just support, having a common experience, being able to communicate, you know, athletic perspective. Um, they're now mothers as well and coaches and things like that. So having, having that as a kind of a, a North facing star is important as well. Yeah. And I would say my children too, to go through, watch, you know, not just to be their mom. So I coached our daughter and my husband coached our son. So we really were able to sit back from a thousand foot lens as best as we could and remove the parent role and, and watch them go through their experience as high school and collegiate athletes and young athletes too, that have really helped kind of uh, frame my, um, I don't know, kind of my philosophy on leadership. 
And I can relate to that very easily. Uh, you know, my wife's career coach and our three kids all did high school and college sports. So uh, yeah, it really gives you that extra lens that you talked about, whether it's from a thousand feet or, or sometimes, you know, one inch. Uh, that you, uh, You're sitting on your hands and biting your tongue. Yeah, You, you try to put into your toolbox. Um, you and I were talking before we came on about NIAAA, and, and you mentioned that you are right at the beginning of your journey with that process. So talk a little bit, um, you know, how did you become aware of, you know, the NIAAA certification program? What's going on in your state? Uh, and, you know, what are your plans uh, here in the near future? Yeah, thank you. My, um, I heard about the NIAAA when I went to register for the conf the national conference. So I'll attend that for the first year, um, and then through um, and then communicating uh, one of the other athletic directors in our county, not our league. Here, so I work with him, and I have worked with him in the building before. Is the president or vice president? I can't remember of the OADA, so the Oregon Athletic Director Association. So I was able to glean some information about because he's gone through the certification process too. And I think coming back to it as um, I wasn't really totally certain of my career path when I was an AD and in this position, what, seven years ago, right? I think, you know, there was a real push for assistant principals to become principals. And really, while I am an assistant principal and I have been a principal, you know, coming back around to it this time, it, I'm much clearer that my goal is to be here till I retire and to really start to, I believe in the educational process of athletics much deeper than I did before the first time that, or two times I was an AD. It's, it's not just about getting the field set up and making sure people have uniforms and getting your coaches cleared. That's all the low hanging fruit, like the systematic piece of it, but to truly have an impact on what I feel my responsibility is, is this community as a small town, I have to be able to have some, the proper education. You have to have the proper education to not just give you credibility to, but really truly frame it in a way that you can gift it to someone else and impact them and have it have some longevity. We have a lot of turnover, especially in our youth development. So that's my goal is to formally educate myself um, in this way. Um, and, but really have it be part of a systematic process of transformation. I really have kind of coined our process this year as transformation, transforming Cub athletics in Newport. And I think that's the smartest way to do it. You, you, I just, I think it's important. I think life experience is important and I think practical experience is important, but really to understand it from the top down. My goal is to be more involved and engaged or have more opportunity at a state or national level in some way around athletic leadership. Um, I have a real passion to kind of start my own educational understanding of how those with um, like cognitive um, neurodiversity are in, impacted by or engaged in athletics. Um, and, you know, which is kind of a, an arm of diversity and equity. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> no, very cool. And, and again, that first part, especially is a great uh, PSA for the NIAAA certification process. I know Oregon uh, for a long time, you know, uh, athletic directors in the public schools have had to maybe not initially, but eventually um, uh, get that um, state approved administrator or assistant principals endorsement. And I know the intent was certainly to you know, raise the bar a little bit and, you know, get that, 
you know, stereotypical, you know, uh, you know, coach uh, who was, you know, becoming an AD. But you're absolutely right. That assistant principal track um, at the colleges and universities that offer it, really, they, they don't have what I would consider, you know, some of the key professional development, educational uh, concepts that you're going to find for an athletic director through the NIAAA program. So glad yeah. that you're going to be starting that journey and uh, look forward to uh, touching base with you in Denver. Very cool. Yeah, there are some athletic directors in Oregon that are not administrators that are, you know, that receive a stipend and are, you know, maybe a TOSA or a teach part-time or what have you. I will say being an administrator and in this seat is so valuable. I know it's valuable to the other assistant principal we have here and our principal because, you know, when I have to sign on the dotted line on something, I can do that. Having been a principal, I also understand the need for paths and systems that vertically align and that have, you know, organized. I'm not just, I know the bigger, you know, being in that big, the top seat as a principal really framed and changed the need to educate and be organized and align and communicate and just be out in front of things um, for the good of everybody. Yeah, you definitely have to have that global uh, perspective. Um, yeah. And I think that's where sometimes that coach who bumps up to the AD uh, without some training struggles because they're just so focused on that one sport. Very good yep. stuff. Once again, we're visiting with Shelly Moore, the athletic director at Newport High School in Newport, Oregon. We'll be back, but let's take another quick break and hear from one of our sponsors. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive for their support. We actually have a Sideline Interactive video score table in our gym, and it is fantastic. You really need to check this product out. You know, it's becoming harder and harder to fund an athletic department these days, but Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year while also creating excitement in the gym and the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call them at 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action and find out exactly what these fantastic products can do for you. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. We're back with Shelly Moore, Athletic Director at Newport High School in Newport, Oregon. Shelly, one of the things we try to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, what are some uh, things that you've seen in your experience as a you know, Division I uh, you know, professional AD or professional athlete uh, and in a lot of different roles? What are some things that you've seen that would come under that heading of best practices or maybe even some initiatives that you started uh, at your schools that you're particularly proud of? Um, what do you got for us? Yeah. So really um, what I have kind of come in with is some goals. So what are some goals? You know, that's the benefit of being a part of this community, either having my husband work here or my children go here. Like I know what the, what the footprint of Newport High School Athletics has been. So the goals really to, and to get to those best practices and align them are around improving access for coaches, both access to coaching and access in coaching and access for our families and our athletes to, um, 
to increase participation. So my, and I, you know, the end game is we want kids multi-sporting um, as much as possible, especially in a town where only 10,000 people that live here. It's a small place. So it's realistic for that. Some of the best practices that I have experienced in other schools, either as an AD or my former schools or other schools I know is that we are 30% Latino and Spanish speaking here in our community. So we, um, I have implemented some multilingual access for our families that hasn't been here before, both through athletic parent presentation, um, things that are communicated at games. So our, you know, our sportsmanship, our OSAA information, our mask guidance, things like that, right? Which are just kind of little systematic pieces, but part of a bigger cultural awareness. Um, we have also, um, I've started a kind of a weekly coaching newsletter that's just some snippets um, by section and topic. So there's a coaching resource in there every week for them. We have a, we've implemented an athletic trainer here. We're the only one in our county. Um, so some information from our trainer each week, some kind of nuts and bolts to minimize that white noise of email to them. And um, also some, what was the other topic that I had in there? Oh, athletes of the week. We have an athlete of the week process that we go through. Um, it, that's the best practice, I think, too. So we, um, we have coaches that it rotates. We do a male and a female each week. They submit the name through Google form. We bring them in, we give them a t-shirt, we give them a presentation of a certificate. I think most schools probably do that now. We also have a very dynamic booster club. So we bring those, we now bring those kids to the booster club and they get to speak and, and be introduced. And then we do lots of, you know, social media, visual um, information for them too. My goal, my best practices that I, um, plan to implement, and that's kind of year two probably, is one is I'd like to bring in a freshman athlete academy. Um, I haven't seen it done before. I've kind of been brewing on it since the last time I was an athletic director because our freshmen are eighth graders that are coming in. So our middle school sports are really not set up. They're not sponsored by our district yet across the board, only our fall athletes. So they come in and struggle with planning, communication with teachers, families, coaches, um, each other. They struggle with academic planning and understanding of guidelines around attendance and, and you know, ac athletic accountability, um, how to be an athlete, what to do when, you know, how to have hard conversations. So my dream is we will have a freshman athlete academy. I was hoping to get it off the ground this year, but we were just too thick in the pandemic to really add one more thing. So that's a dream of mine that I have that I think will be a best practice that, um, I've um, actually, we've got a freshman onboarding uh, academy for just students in general. So I've been meeting with different teachers that plan for that because I can kind of see it aligning. So I'm getting some teacher, classroom teacher feedback on what that might look like. And then another best practice that I um, will, we will have implemented is a student athlete advisory committee that we haven't ever had here before. So our kids don't have voice. Athletes right now don't have a lot of voice in their, in their experience, whether it's reflecting afterward, which we brought that process in. I made it a little bit deeper and aligned it to the job description of coaches and, um, and the expectations we have of coaches. But I think having an athlete, student athlete advisory committee is a time for them to start designing and informing me, us as adults around their own experience. So often we just design the thing and tell them. We do a lot of telling of student athletes. And how does that land? How does that land for somebody who's on a 504? 
plan or who is receiving special education um, minutes, things like that. So that's um, kind of my next uh, my next level. I know I've been looking on some other like the Washington, the WIA, which is the OSA or, you know, they do um, a pretty active job. Oregon is just starting that student athlete advisory at the state level. So I've been trying to watch what Washington's doing in some other states to sort of use that as a template to guide what we can do here at Newport High. So that's those are kind of some of the best practices, I think, that we have in place. You know, very cool ideas. And again, I, I love the the broad range, you know, your uh, uh, bilingual program, you're reaching out in the community, you know, mm -hmm. working with coaches, uh, booster clubs, the students, uh, yeah. very good stuff. You know, you when you mentioned the Freshman Athlete Academy, um, the school that I was most recently at was a private school, but we had a freshman academy that was mm -hmm. all the students. It was a week long. And so many of our kids, about 80% of our kids are athletes anyway. So we didn't yeah. really need a separate one. And we worked that athletic component in there. And I think it was great that the, the teachers who were not coaches, they got exposed to that athletic component. So great to see you're working with, uh, you know, your school on that. Very, very cool stuff. Once again, we're visiting with Shelly Moore, who's the athletic director at Newport High School in Newport, Oregon. We're going to take another quick break, but we'll be back. Uh, please stay with us. You know, we want to thank uh, Vital Signs Wall of Fame because they are on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They provide a variety of interactive touchscreen options along with an extensive library of templates to make it easier than ever to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. For more ideas on how to showcase your school's diverse history, along with your proudest moments, visit vitalsignswalloffame.com or to learn more and get started with your own digital Wall of Fame tribute, call them at 614-981-3589 or you can email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. The FIAAA has a Wall of Fame board for our organization's Hall of Fame, and it is really cool. You really need to check these folks out. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Shelly, one of the questions we've been asking our athletic director since we started this podcast um, revolves around this idea of being socially aware. Um, so my question is, how can an athletic director do a better job for their students, their community, you know, their coaches? How can they do a better job of being socially aware these days? Yeah, that's a that's a wonderful opportunity that I have being an athletic director in a small community. Um, and it makes the most sense to me. And it was my philosophy um, to, to be aware of that kind of social political context as a, as a principal, as a coach, and as a teacher. I think some key parts are to be involved in events outside of athletics in your community, both off campus and on campus. I think it's critical to be at if another school, maybe a middle or an elementary school, is having a big fundraiser or a big night of some kind, that you somehow find a way to participate in it if you can. Um, because what happens in those situations is then I get to know the siblings of the students that I have in these buildings, right? And I think it's important to volunteer at dances as much as you can. Um, I think it's important to attend 
Maybe there's a drama production or a music performance, not just in your own building, but off campus in, supporting somebody else's building. Because those, the other thing of that is that those are your colleagues. Those are my adult colleagues and peers in my community. And I, Absolutely. I don't, I like it's small here. So there's no anonymity, right? And it has done a lot of good for me to be a part of those and build relationships and friendships so that when I have to have the the tough discussion, I, I already know who they hang out with. I already know who they, what their social activities are or aren't or what have you. Um, I think it's important to be, to be truly socially aware, to be involved in things on campus too. So if a teacher is doing a special kind of a reading of some sort of poetry that you're involved in that, that you aren't afraid to be at bus duty and stand and talk about whatever it is with kids. Um, I think that you need to, and it's like the unthinkable to say is to find a way to continue to coach, to find a way to continue to be involved in coaching. I choose to coach, um, eight and nine year old volleyball still. Um, we just finished our little season and then I'm running, um, our, or helping kind of co-facilitate and direct our local volleyball club that we just started. So I'll coach 12 and under again. And by doing that, I always know what it feels like to be a coach. I always know like it doesn't, you got to be in the trenches a little bit. And it's, you know, when like, how do I find the time? Like, that's why little kids, it was easy. It's one practice a week. It was one Saturday for an hour, you know, six weeks in a row, whatever. I had an assistant coach help me, but boy, it was really empowering for me and gives you that credibility to know what your kids know, to be socially aware of, of your young athletes to facilitate those kids into refereeing and doing those kinds of things. And then to be socially aware of what your families are experiencing too. So not just focused on just students, um, I think is really, really important. Uh, I really appreciate you sharing that. And it is, uh, it's a challenge, like you said, to, you know, squeeze those activities in, but the payoff is tremendous, not just for your community, but also for you as an AD, uh, just a yeah. great way to stay connected. Uh, for our listeners, we've been visiting with Shelly Moore, who's the athletic director at Newport High School on uh, Oregon's beautiful uh, coast. We're going to be back and we're going to find out what Shelly is going to put in her athletic toolbox. Uh, we want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring this segment. So stick with us and uh, we're going to find out again what uh, Shelly Moore puts in her athletic director toolbox. We'll be right back. As I said, we want to thank uh, Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect some comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your athletic program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also gives you access to the 95% of the players and parents who really love your program. And it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a quality athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466 or you can email them at, at info at athleticsurveys.com. That's info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. 
Well, Shelly, this has been really cool getting to know you and, uh, and connect with somebody from my home state. But we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. You're certainly uh, an experienced uh, athlete, coach, and AD. But right now, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on the very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Shelly Moore's athletic director toolbox? The first thing I would have in my toolbox is I've created a backpack. So as soon as we have a game home events, um, I have actually two backpacks. I have one for away games and I have one for home games and I put it on and inside of my backpack has all, I, like I've made my own backpack, but I'll put it in somebody else's as one tool. Um, I have all kinds of important things in there, a phone charger, a, note, a pad and paper, garbage bags, gloves, a chapstick, a snack, a diet Pepsi. Um, a, and I think I put even in there a, like a word puzzle or something like that. Um, and uh, a raincoat that kind of rolls up pretty tight. Um, pens and pencils. And I think, yeah, I think that's it. And that kit has helped me a lot, a number of times because I'm on one campus, our field and courts are on another campus and to be able to grab it and go and then be able to do any of those things, super critical. It was the best idea I've I've had in a long time. Um, I would say the other thing that I have a lot of in that backpack and other places is a flathead screwdriver. I buy them at garage sales all the time. It kind of stemmed from my coaching days because in volleyball, there's those plates that cover the hole that the poles go into and they get resurfaced with that gooey gum, you know, when they, the floors get resurfaced. And I have found you've got to pry them out with that, but I've been able to open cupboards and cabinets. I've been able to fix divots and different things. And I just buy flathead screwdrivers at garage sales and I have them all over the place. And that's really helpful for me as well. Um, I think finally, what I would say that you have to do before you do anything else is you have to not just interview the people that have worked here before you or, or that, you know, and build, you know, it's, we always say, oh, build relationships. You have to do more than that. You have to respectfully engage and involve the people that are here that you're going to work with and possibly whoever you, you know, your predecessor was. So the predecessor that was here before, I also was a coach under, and he was here a very long time. I had five meetings with, the, with him. Show me how to set up for a football game. Show me how to set up for a volleyball game. Show me how to set up for baseball. What's the maintenance here? Where's the little tiny switch on the right, third row down that flicks on the grandstands? That was one of the best things that I, tools, and it's really more of a conceptual piece, that was critical because not only did it tell me how to do the thing I needed to do, but it, it eased that person's worry about me coming over because done well, and he did it well, this is a precious thing. These people are precious people. We bank with these people. We care for their children. We grocery shop together. We buy cars from them. We go to church with them. I think, and I needed, I needed a lot of that too. I needed to know all of those things. But, and it has been in a moment of, oh my gosh, we have a game in 14 minutes and the grandstand lights won't come on. I can call that person and it's, it's done. It has flowed out. It has, people have come out of the woodwork to help. And can I volunteer at a game when they don't know? I mean, I was a proven commodity, but not totally and completely. And people just rise and help. And boy, it has made life so much better. It has eased the worry um, and built trust in like in our building and our athletic community. So I would, I would encourage 
not just go and have lunch with them, like truly invest in the history of the humans and the, and the work that's been done in whatever way is, um, and it, and I was lucky because I'm an administrator. So I come back, you know, the first week of August, so I had lots of time to find out who, and I knew most of them to really, truly not just build relationships, but deeply invest in and appreciate the history and the work of the people that are still here and, and here before. Those would be my top, my top three, maybe a pack of Mentos gum. That's my favorite gum. I have that everywhere. So that's four. Sorry. <laughs> that's my favorite gum. <laughs> that's okay. Um, I, I love the, the phrase that you use precious people. Uh, yeah. I, I'm certain I certainly wrote that down. Yeah. And then I think you found a very cool way. You came up with uh, a unique answer with the backpack uh, and it, it was twofold. Okay. It, it's unique <laughs> on its own, but you also were able to use it to legally cram in some extra tools in that toolbox. <laughs> so you. very, uh, very yeah. ingenious. Yeah. Shelly, if one of our listeners wants to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you? Oh my gosh, I hope they do. They could uh, text me and I'm happy to share my phone number here if that works for you. My number is 541-961-0172. I would love a phone call or a text message. Um, they could also uh, send me an email if they wanted to. Um, I'm more responsive with my phone. I, I'm really hoping that happens. I'm excited to connect with other athletic directors other female athletic directors, other athletic directors, um, just at all at the collegiate level, you know, whatever. But my email address would work as well. And that's uh, Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-E-Y dot more, M-O-O-R-E at Lincoln dot K-12 dot O-R dot U-S. All right, very cool. Okay, Shelly Moore, and you are going to be uh, at the NIAAA National Conference in Denver, correct? Yes, yes. I'm super excited. I'm really excited. I have a college teammate whose sister is, I think, is going to present with her sister from Washington on some diversity and equity and club sports, things like that, I think is their topic. So we're, it'll be, it'll be cool. Yeah. I'm really excited to just start networking with people and get involved at a different level too. So I'll bring it back to uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting a chance to spend some time with you there. And uh, just so you know, and for our listeners, I'll be teaching two courses this year as part of the NIAAA's program, uh, the 701 course for yes. middle school and the brand new course, 716, Partnering with Parents. Uh, we're very excited about that. So all the best. Uh, for our listeners, uh, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, we appreciate you listening today. Shelly, thanks so much for being a guest. Okay. Yeah, and, thank you uh, for having me. What an honor. It's awesome. I'm really excited. Thank you so much. And we appreciate you sharing. And uh, once again, to our listeners, uh, thanks for listening. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD. Thanks again to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Learn more at hometownticketing.com and come back every other Wednesday for What's Up with Upchurch. Jessica Upchurch from Hometown Ticketing shares best practices. Thanks again for listening to the Educational AD Podcast.